That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Hello, hello. Yo. You got me? I got you. Skype looks different. It does? All right. Yeah. Forget it. Not worried about it. Closing it down. There we go. You're shutting down Skype? That's a good way to start. <laughs> there you go. I can still see you. I can still hear you. It's okay. fine. Let's right. talk about all the stupid people in the world. There are a lot of stupid people in this world. And uh, let's get to the good people first. Let's do the comments from previous episodes. So we can put. Uh, I was talking about the comments. Oh, come on. Oh. Those are our listeners. Come on. Be nice to them. Like them. I'm joking. How it's like you can't get away with a joke anymore. How do I get the reputation as the crotchety one? I still You are way more crotchety than me. I'm so nice to our listeners, and you are just. You treat them like trash, man. Oh, yep. wait. There, wait. There's some comments in here. Wait, that might change very soon because there's some comments in here. <laughs> Hey, I read those comments. There's nothing negative. There's some stupid stuff in here. There's some comments that belong on Discord. They don't belong on Dean's forums, the forums <laughs> that he built from the ground up. I don't, I don't, I don't call them the Cartridge Club forums. These are Dean's forums. The man, it's like it's the sweat and blood. You can see him in here. I love him. You can smell it. Yeah. You can smell Dean when I get into those forums. So we're going to go back to episode 82 because there are still some comments coming in from that. The last one we talked about. Oh, this about was, was a good one. Yeah, this yeah. Go ahead. Okay, Rick so. Uh, yeah. So uh, Frantic Society, our pal Josh there, says, great episode. He'd love hearing your reaction to Magnum P.I., and uh, Robin Williams' movie he uh, suggests is The Fisher King, although he's never seen it. He just hears good things about it. <laughs> I heard he's in that movie. Yeah, I hear he's good, I think. Um, I remember watching that movie and uh, coming away with it with... Um, it, I, I didn't think it was good or bad. It was just one of the... Well, that was a movie. I think it's a Terry Gilliam movie as well, who what, I'm a what's fan What's it of. about? I, the I title don't, I don't remember. completely confused. I don't remember. I can't re- I remember Terry Gilliam, Robin Williams' bum. He's got. He's a very hairy man, or he was a very hairy man. That, and, that's Robin Williams. Yeah. And his bum was very hairy as well. And it's got uh, Bridges in it, Jeff Bridges, who I like. So there's a, like there's a trifecta of three things that I like: uh, Jeff Bridges, Terry Gilliam, and hairy bums. But <laughs> come on, nothing for that. Come on, something, anything. Nah. I should. I didn't hook up my soundboard for this. I would have given myself applause. I'm sure there's people out there applauding that right now. Anyways, um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd have to give that a try again. Um, but he does he does love uh, Aladdin, so there's another vote for Aladdin. Who doesn't? Uh, Aladdin's great. Okay, well I so I it doesn't mean we have to talk about it. But all right. it's great. All right. Um, and then he says we should do uh, multiple animation episodes on Film Dangle. He's a big animation guy. He loves animation. Oh yeah. Sorry, we're not doing the Nicktoons episodes of uh, Retro Film Dango. And no uh, Ghibli. No Ghibli movies, apparently. Yeah. We can't do the Ghibli. And Frantic, stop stop taking pictures of yourself in toilets. What is it with you in toilets? (laughs) Well, uh, I think it will stop because he announced that uh, 
the other day that it would be his last day in a restroom. He's never going back into one. So he's just going to oh, be gosh. dropping trowel and going wherever, wherever he wants. Like, like a, a man. Yeah. Like a man should. Yeah. It's like, screw this Walmart. I need to go to the bathroom right here, and they didn't put a toilet right here in the yeah. pet food section. I'm just going to let her go right here. Yeah. I imagine he peruses the pet food section for his cat. See how that, uh, yeah. Oh, you, you worked it all around. Yeah, I think the circle is now complete. All right, here comes here's here's the one that has my back up a little bit. Musty, this belongs in the Discord. Just throw this comment in the Discord, uh, whatever the heck that is. But uh, yeah, he put it in, the, in Dean's uh, forums here, so he must want uh, he wants he must want to get it. He must want to. Uh, have a reaction uh, to this. So his comment is a couple episodes back. Now, this is him, I guess, calling us out on some contradiction, uh, trying to point out that we're contradicting ourselves. So a couple of episodes back, reaction videos are the worst. I don't know how anyone could find that interesting. This episode, let's watch the Magnum PI trailer and react to it. See, what you're missing there, Musty, Retro Fandango is not a video format. That's They're not what, reaction videos. That, that, I would say that, and also it's not point one, fandango. It's it's not one person's opinion. It's two people's opinions. I said that I do see some value in reactions to trailer videos. If there's commentary at the end of it, what I was saying was dumb was the reaction videos to these music videos where they just bop their head for two or three minutes or however the song. Last, and then they say, "Oh well, thank you for watching. Goodbye." And there's like, there's nothing. There's no substance there. And ten thousand people watch it and all think it's great. So I do see some. So I don't know. I, I don't know where he uh, where he got that from. I, I remember you said that all reaction videos were terrible, but that's your opinion. So that there's more than one opinion on the show. I cannot confirm or deny that I said that. You did say it, but I think you were saying it jokingly. It doesn't sound like me. Yeah, it, uh, it you did. I remember. You were saying because I was saying there are some merit to some, and you were like, "No, I'm I'm making a stand. They're all awful." Like, Stop paying attention, Musty. <laughs> Play this at twice the speed yeah. like other <laughs> people only, do. Can only catch. Okay, just just get it in you and move on. Let's not start that war. Okay, so his second comment is reboots are garbage. Why not just keep going with the same timeline? I have never said that. I have never said that. I think that's you. I've never said it. I never even thought of it. You you say garbage a lot. That's got to be you. Well, I I do say reboots are garbage. Yes. But why not just keep going with the same timeline? No. No. End this stuff. It's done. Back to the Future? Done. Don't do any more. Ghostbusters? Done. Don't do any more. Star Wars? Done. Get rid of it. It's done. Don't do any more. It's all finished. End. Move on to something else. That's what I say. I don't. Maybe because I was talking about the Roseanne reboot or something. Or I, I mean, there is an instance I think where if they have an idea to bring the show back, like Murphy Brown, where they got an idea and they're going to do this kind of sixty minutes style thing. Okay, that's a pretty good idea. Okay, sure, bring it back. But that's not really a reboot. That's just a continuation with the same crew and the same people. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, Roseanne is kind of a weird show because it re, it started in the middle and it forgot about, epi- like, seasons in the past or whatever. I don't know. 
But anyways, I say don't continue on with the timeline. Finish this stuff. Make it. It's done. It's over with. We don't need any more. So then he says we contradict ourselves by saying, why bring back Stallone for Rambo 5? He's so old. Aren't Bill and Ted too old for this? So I don't know. Musty, I think Musty, he was like packing up boxes while he was moving and stuff. And like, you know, he was doing stuff. So he was kind of distracted while he had the headphones on and was listening. So he's only picking up like, you know, a few things here and there. He's not actually listening to what he's hearing us, but he's not actually listening to what we're saying. Get it together, Musty. Yeah, come on. Uh, Deej13, our buddy Derek, he said he loved uh, Hook as a kid, and he still thinks it's pretty damn good. I, I still haven't seen it. I, I don't think I've seen the whole thing from start to It's 50-50. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but uh, there's a lot of meh in there also. He loves uh, Aladdin. Death to Smoochie was great. I don't know. I don't think I lasted through the whole thing. I don't think I, I didn't know. either. I thought it was pretty bad. Um, he thought Bicentennial Man was pretty good. Some moments of greatness. I don't know. That was. I think I watched that one at work. I think it was at work, and I had to run it. It was like one of the movies on Saturday afternoon that I had to run, and I tried. The he's a robot. Yeah, and it just he's like it, a robot butler. Something. Yeah, it was. Um, it was like very reminiscent of another film, kind of like E.T. in a way. You know, wanting to be accepted, or, you know, I don't know. I, I can't remember it that much. So they're ripping off data. Yeah. He's a robot yeah, that wants to be a man. That kind of, that kind of idea, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So just watch Star Trek. There you go. Uh, so okay, so that was episode 82. Okay, episode 83. Thank you for your comments. By the way, yes. Uh, let's see, Duke. He says, uh, on point... With the internet uh, rage culture, uh, and Tara and him, that's uh, Mother Brain, uh, to you retro nonsense fans, they're both huge uh, Joel McHale fans. So it's great to have another Joel McHale fan in the family. Um, and I can't remember what else he said. Let's see. I've never seen... He's never seen Arrested Development. Never seen Arrested Development. Come on, yeah. Duke. Get on that. You, you would. I think it's on Netflix in the States. It's definitely on Netflix in Canada. So... Yeah, get on that. That's uh, it's good times. I think I think uh, you and Mother Brain would uh, would like that a lot. And uh, he doesn't really care for Robin Williams as well, but likes Hook. Found him funny, but often annoying. Yeah, that's that's I, I don't know. Well, that's yeah. Robin Williams in a nutshell. I forget if we <laughs> mentioned that last time, but yeah, he's he rides that line where it, it it's sometimes he's really really funny but then he can dip right under and just get obnoxious i think that's why he was best at those um uh talk shows when he would come on talk shows because he would only be on for five minutes so you could take the wackiness and zaniness for the first four minutes then he would sit down and he would talk about the movie then they'd go to commercial break then he'd come back and he'd be zany again for four or five minutes then he'd sit down and they'd talk about the movie and yeah, yeah but his zaniness in those interviews was hyper zany. Like he'd be bouncing all over the place, yeah. jumping off the sofa, getting up, doing impressions, walking yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, he was on cocaine half the time. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I felt that it. Uh, how much it, of that is the drug? How much of that is him? It worked. I I don't know. It worked for me. I found him funny for those four or five minutes, and then that was it. That's all you could take. Like it just okay. It's done now. And uh, Diego, at a Latino lawyer. Well, I guess he's not at a Latino lawyer anymore, but he's still. A Latino lawyer on the forums, on Dean's forums. He was cracking up as we were struggling to come up with the name Topanga. 
Topanga? Topanga, that's it. Was yep. that it? Topanga no. from Boy Meets World. Petunia, Petunia and Tapioca were <laughs> my favorite guesses. I remember I was uh, – that show was on while I was in college, and I had some roommates that had a real – that had a serious crush on Topanga, and she was 14 at the time. And like, guys, you're really <laughs> creeping me out here. This is not – this is not good. Not good at all. Um, and he's he's never seen Titan A.E.? I think we should really do that one. I, I really want to see it. I now. guess nobody's seen it, but everybody loves it. And then he goes on to a huge rant about Star Wars Solo. There's a huge spoiler in there. Um, I'm not sure if I want to spoil that movie yet. I, I read the spoiler. Yeah. Was it uh, anything? I I can tell you. I, I don't think we should. Uh, there might be people out there that want to listen. Maybe we'll Nobody talk cares. about it at the. After Why does the, the Millennium Falcon look different? Because it's it old. It doesn't have the gap in the middle. It's the older. I imagine at some point in the film you find out why it gets the gap. Well, like it gets damaged. Yeah. Or asteroid hits it. Something blows up. Something. There's only so many options. Or that's it's like one of those. I imagine it's an escape pod, and they have to like that part comes oh, that's out. Good. That's that's my theory. So he never built a new one. No. Didn't have time. He's busy like saving the galaxy and doing smuggler runs and. Doing the Parasects and Kessel Run Parasects thing. Parsecs. Whatever. It's not, if it's not Star Trek, I don't memorize the quotes. Hmm. That's not true. I got some Darth Vader ones. The circle is now complete. Okay, anyways. Uh, oh, and he says, seriously, uh, folks, do your due diligence before you go off on your opinions based on other people's opinions. Agree. 100%. And uh, I, did, I didn't read that whole comment, but I agree with it. Yes. Uh, Film Dango, number seven. We still got comments. We get so many comments, man. I must. I feel kind of feel bad for these other shows that don't get comments. Nah, I don't. I like how we get comments. <laughs> uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, Eric, the mighty Q-Dog, was fortunate enough to see Fletch in the theater. I am so jealous. I wish I saw Fletch in the theater. I had to see it uh, much later on on VHS. And uh, I didn't know this until after we, we recorded the show, but the guy who did the music for Bev- Beverly Hills Cop also did the music for Fletch. It's the same guy, Harold Faltemeyer, I think that's his name. Something like that. They they really were just trying to stretch that Beverly Hills Cop. I don't think so. Fletch stands on its all own. Out. It stands on its own. doesn't need Beverly Hills Cop. You know, I tried to watch Fletch again. Did you? So soon? I did. Okay. I did. I, I was. I thought I'd give it another shot, and I was just in a situation where I had a lot of time uh, commuting to work, so I had uh, I had put it uh, on my device there, and I was going to watch it, but then something happened with the transfer, and the video wasn't playing. So I think you should give yourself some time. You should give yourself some time before you watch it again. I probably will. I watched Fantastic Four again. So which one? The, the new one? The the Roger Corman one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are a glutton for punishment. Um, well, I'm doing research. Oh, oh right, that's yeah. right. Your uh, your tweet, your massive tweet. <laughs> the big tweet yeah, coming. It's coming. I can't Those wait. Days. The build up for this tweet is something else. Uh, and Eric says he, oh yeah, he thinks Kevin is probably correct about this movie being a response to Beverly Hills Cop. 
I don't think I said that. I think you said that. You made the connection between Beverly Hills Cop. That's right. That was, that was your Correct. thing. Correct. Uh, thank the right people. And then he, at some point he thanked you, but it was something. Oh, yeah. And uh, he says, I believe Vox is right when he says this movie uh, that got Macaulay Culkin the lead role in Home Alone. That was me. That was my observation. And then you confirmed it with some sort of extra or something that you saw. Well, uh, it's just, it's John Hughes made this movie. Macaulay Culkin's in it. I know. It's not and much the very next film he made was Home Alone. Yeah. I'm just giving credit where credit's due. That's all. And he still believes Groundhog Day is not a comedy. But it's funny? I, I, I don't know. It's really funny. I think it's a dark comedy. It's thought-provoking, and it's funny. Yeah. I think it's dark. It's a dark comedy. That's that's the direction I would go. <clears throat> yeah, they kept it from going too dark, so it, it still hits comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... It's not like, um, like Moon. Moon would be... Um, a more serious, like there's like that's more serious. It has a more serious, darker tone. Even though there's some funny things that happen in it, that's I don't think well, it's there's moon. comedy in just about every movie. You know, any like a romance movie, there's comedy. An action movie, there's comedy. There's always some levity, but it's not necessarily you know a laugh out loud, ha ha kind of stuff. Here's here's the line. If the uh, central area where the groundhog comes out of the hole, if it's called Gobbler's Knob, you're watching a comedy. That's that's the definition right there. Okay. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for... Now that we alienated all of our listeners and told them how wrong they mm-hmm. are. Um, oh, no. We're oh. about to alienate a lot more. Oh, I forgot about the Zombieland backlash. I, I'm sorry I didn't like Zombieland. I thought it was boring. Sorry. I love the Bill Murray cameo in it. I, it's probably the best cameo of all time in any film. But, uh, sorry. A lot of people like that movie. I'm surprised. Never seen it. So, Roseanne, um, man, what to say? I've been going on about this show for like three weeks now or three episodes or four episodes. I don't know how many episodes, but I've really enjoyed the show since its um, uh, launch, since its uh, pilot episode, since the pilot episode aired. And um, I've been ignoring what has been happening on Twitter completely. I even said on the last episode, I don't even care about what happens on Twitter. But uh, like uh, Arrested Development, it uh, bubbled up to this thing now where I have to uh, acknowledge it. I have to like look at what's happening because the show was canceled over something Roseanne said on Twitter. And so I went and I looked and see to see what she had to say. And holy crap, yeah, that's not a good thing to say at all. And uh, she uh, not only did she say something racist, but she it was a, a hateful comment towards someone else. And uh, someone else's race. And I'm not going to repeat it. You can go find out. It's been all over the news. You can find out for yourself what she said. Um, And ABC did the right thing. Pulling the plug on that show. Get rid of it. You know, I I think it's it's not over this tweet. It is over her actions on Twitter for since the show has launched and she gained support of President Trump and blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's just been uh, this ongoing thing, and I think ABC has just kind of been sitting off to the side waiting for, is this thing going to explode, or is it going to calm down, or whatever, and that was just, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And, uh, yeah, I think ABC did the right thing, canceling the show, because who knows how much worse this is going to get. She's obviously not stable. You know, there's something wrong somewhere. Uh, I, I think she's 
kind of self-destructive in a way. I think this was some sort of behavior where she didn't really want this success or something. Um, and now, from that, from that tweet, it's this really weird thing is happening now, where other people uh, now, like everyone's hyper, like hyper focused on this stuff, and everyone is on pins and needles and ready for the next Roseanne to happen because. You know, the, the conservatives have all taken Roseanne's side and they're with her and they're standing with her. And how dare ABC cancel a show over one tweet when the liberals all say terrible things about the president and they say terrible things about other people. And so we're going to be standing by and waiting for a liberal to do something wrong. And as soon as they do, we're going to explode. So Samantha B, who's this, uh, she, she's a, a comedian. I watch her show every week. I don't like her, her show airs on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or something. I don't get to it till the, until the weekend because Sarah and I watch it together. And uh, just yesterday in her show, from from recording this, uh, she called the president's daughter. Well, she dropped the C bomb on the president's daughter on her show. So that was like all the conservatives got all upset over that because like how dare you you know say say that about that? You, know, you cancel Roseanne's show, they should cancel Samantha B's show. And the internet just everyone just needs to take. A big giant breather. Just a, everyone needs to inhale and exhale. I think I think the world would be served a really great pr- purpose right now if CNN and Fox News and all these 24-hour news networks and all these internet sites like Breitbart and whatever and Huffington Post and everything, they all just took a breather from opinion. And just uh, for a month, just for a solid month, not have any opinions on anything and just reported news. Because we're at the point right now where people are so used to getting into their corners and fighting for their side that even after a person comes out and says, I said something, it was terrible, I shouldn't have said it, I'm not going to say it again, and uh, it was wrong, and you know, let, don't fight for me, don't argue for my side – it, you know, for my position, there is no position for what I did. I did something wrong, and people are still defending them, anyways. It's really a weird situation. How did we reach this point? You know, I don't know. I don't get it. What do you All say? All good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I say ABC made the wrong decision. How's that? I don't think they should have canceled the show. I think it's a lot of people are patting themselves on the back saying good job abc yes you did the right thing let's stop it let's cancel it uh but abc did not make this call because they disagree with what roseanne said they made this call because they want to save face now i imagine there's a lot of people in there that aren't happy with what she said but to cancel the entire show to to just rip it out without any sort of discussion or debate or anything, giving her any chance to comment uh, and any kind of like sit down, hey, let's talk about this. What did you mean by this? Mm. Can, can we go over this? No chance to apologize, no chance to explain herself, just immediately burn that bridge, disconnect, disassociate. We don't want anything to do with you because you said something dumb. You know, I'm not standing no, well, up I, for her tweet. I'm not supporting yeah. or, or anything. Yeah. I, I don't get into any of this, like, conservative versus liberal. She made a stupid tweet. 
whether she was on medication or whatever she's talking about, whether she was under any kind of influence or pressure or stress or anything like that, she made a stupid tweet. We talked before about how Twitter is not the place to say certain things. Yeah. She's a comedian. Comedians are supposed to ride the line. Mm -hmm. uh, we can look at a lot of television, a lot of movies, a lot of radio programs, a lot of everything from our childhoods up until this point. And I guarantee you there were bouts of sexism, racism, all sorts of uh, on-the-edge comedy. And, and I don't think there's anyone listening to this podcast who can say that they've never gotten a chuckle out of some comedy that's a little bit risque. You know, mm -hmm. everybody has heard these things, whether you believe it, whether you can just find the humor in it, um, it it's a matter of everyone has these kind of uh, thoughts in their head, whether they're their own thoughts or whether they're thoughts they've heard from somebody else. You understand that there was uh, it was an attempt at comedy. It, it was a poor attempt at comedy and it wasn't delivered in the right venue and it may not have been thought out properly. And again, I'm not supporting what she said. I'm just saying comedians are supposed to think in that way. Mm -hmm. Not not in a racist way, not in a bigoted way, in a risky way. Because that's comedy. Yeah. That's comedy. I, I would I would I, I can okay. so, go. sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I, I would agree with you hundred percent if it weren't for the context of her previous weeks and weeks and weeks of, of tweets. Um, now, see, that, that'll that'll give you – because I haven't gone back and looked at all the other stuff she was saying. All I know is this tweet and the decision. And my issue isn't really with the uh, hypersensitivity uh, of the people now because I know that this sort of um, – this sort of um, attitude and people getting really um, – What's the word? Being little detectives, you know, everybody's everybody's looking at everything mm -hmm. that everybody's saying and analyzing and overanalyzing. Because of this and because of social media, people have been able to out the really uh, the the real scum of everywhere. Your Harvey Weinstein's, you know, mm -hmm. people like that that are being uprooted and saying, "Look, we can prove what this guy has been doing. We can show you exactly." What's been going on here? People, you know, stuff like Bill Cosby and all that, and people like people that need to be outed, right? But then there's also that hypersensitivity that works towards the people that just make a stupid mistake. And I don't think there was any genuine hatred in in what she wrote. I think it was again a little bit more about comedy, just poorly done. So to just Take that for what it was. Like immediately the tweet is out and then what, a couple hours later the show was canceled? Yeah. So it's not just her. It, it, it's the entire cast, the crew, yeah. everybody that was on that show just immediately. No, we're gone. We're done. It doesn't matter that it was a success or anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, we, we need to cut this because we don't want the backlash. We don't want everybody coming at ABC saying, how dare you support this? How dare you have this on there? And they don't want a PR nightmare. So – Cut it clean. That's yeah. it. And that that's the issue that, that I have with the whole thing is that whatever happened to the 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 words that we teach our children, we ram down our throats, turn the other cheek, treat others how you want them to treat you, uh, give people a chance to repent, to to apologize, to better themselves. Like all of that is being cut away. 
because everyone just no immediately you made a mistake get out of here we don't want you done that's it Uh, i don't uh, make mistakes because we need to cover it all up well i I think burn it purge it i i yeah i i'd agree with you 100 percent if it was the one tweet but again we don't know what happened behind closed doors she's been on the edge for a long time you know there's been a, a, a huge backlash towards her and what she's been tweeting out we don't know if abc maybe talked to her several times and said you know maybe calm down on twitter you got this huge hit show uh we don't really like you tweeting this stuff out we we might if you go across if you cross a line we're going to cancel the show maybe they have to stick to their guns we don't know any of that stuff if any of that stuff was said but f- just from what I've read on Twitter and I went back and I looked at things and stuff that she said, she's been on the edge. Like she has been almost there. She hasn't crossed. She hadn't crossed the line until that tweet severely, like where she, and again, it wasn't that it was just racist, but that it was a racist comment directed at a person and a person who, yes, she's a public figure. She does work in, in, uh, she did work in public office, but this woman doesn't really, deserve what she got you know and i think that is what gets people's backs up you know like that is where the outrage comes from and i I don't know i understand it i get it i i get with everything that she has been doing over the last few weeks and it coming up to this point i get it now like samantha b she made one comment i apologize you know let's let's tbs did the right thing of pulling the episode you know that is where that's more of a situation where I think you're talking about where one thing one mistake has been made. Let's correct the one mistake. Let's work on it. So it does. But this thing is just. I mean, you're you're dealing with a a person who is uh, not being reasonable, who is volatile. You can't reason so, with someone who's unreasonable. Well, well, fill me in. What was the gist of some of her earlier tweets? What was she talking about? Was it politics, Trump, all that stuff? Uh, yeah, politics, Trump, a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, this, per, you know, um, a lot of uh, a- attacking uh, CNN people and people who are doing reports. And uh, yeah, it's just it wasn't good. It, it it's just not good. I mean, you could you could read them for yourself, you know. Yeah, if it, if it was some kind of a buildup, maybe it's a little bit more understandable. But yeah, I, it if it had been building and building and building and building, if she hadn't put out this particular tweet, if it had just been more of what she was saying before, do you think it still would have led to this? Or it's just she that that's the one that crossed the line. That's the one that crossed the line. I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think they it, like I, again like you just. I think they were trying to reason with her, I think. I don't know. I, I'm not behind the scenes or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if I was ABC and she was putting out this stuff, uh, I would be. I'd be like putting someone in there like a handler or something like that. Like, can we get some sort of uh, tighten the reins on this? Like, this is our huge show. This is a number one show. I mean, 19 million people were watching that show every week. That is mm-hmm. almost impossible to pull off. It, with with the audience that is so fragmented and so many other distra- distractions, for a three camera sitcom that's really cheap to produce, <laughs> you know, getting drawing that uh, that much of uh, ratings is it's unheard of. I think the biggest show for the last decade was that Big Bang Theory, and that draws like what nine, ten million at the most on a good day, and you know 
this was almost double that. So it it is really unheard of. And uh, I can't imagine that nobody at ABC wasn't trying to rein her in. I don't, I, I don't think they should have uh, outright canceled it uh, because of one person. Granted, she is the star. She is the driving force behind that. From what I hear of the show, it wasn't even centered around her character as much. It was uh, more about uh, Darlene. No, no I, I disagree. I disagree. That that um, Roseanne to that show, first of all, the show is called Roseanne, and Roseanne mm-hmm. is the central figure of that show. She is the Seinfeld. She is the Archie Bunker she is, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, Sam Malone. You know, that central character where all the other characters come to Roseanne. And it's really, the show is filtered through her eyes, through her, how, like, how is Jackie's craziness going to affect Roseanne? How is Dan not being able to get this drywall job going to affect Roseanne? How is Darlene moving her kids into the house going to affect Roseanne? You can't have that show without Roseanne. It just wouldn't work. And I think that's why they had to cancel the show rather than fire her. Because if they fired her and still tried to carry on with that show, it just wouldn't work. They just do the Connor family. Yeah, that's, Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. They replaced her with Sandy Duncan. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, yeah. There you go. Bring Sandy Duncan back. She could be the, the new Roseanne. She's old enough, right? Yes. She's uh, in the, the... She's still around? I don't... Th- Playing I Peter know. Pan? I, I don't think she's still playing Peter Pan. No. I don't know. Anyways. Well, yeah, it, it's that. It's it's just the sign of the times, you know. You, you got to be yeah. very careful about what you're doing in the public. Well, I don't um, think, like, because Sarah and I talked about this too. Like, Sarah's like, this wouldn't have happened back in the day or whatever. But I think that was just because there wasn't this platform of social media. Where you have this direct yeah. connection Everybody to... Everybody sees everything now. Right, yeah. So if something like this was said in a back room somewhere or something like that, like nobody would have... It, it wouldn't have come out. Or even if somebody recorded her or something like that, it would it, it just... It wouldn't have had the impact that it does on uh, on Twitter. And, and part of it is that you don't get... And we've talked about this in the past too. You don't get the nuance of what what someone is saying and how they're saying it, the tone or right, anything like yeah. that. You're just seeing the tweet and the words and you're putting your own perspective on on what was said. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you're the star of a huge show and you're on the number one comedy and you're going to be coming back next year, you got to know. You got to know that. You got to know that you can't get away with something like that on Twitter. You know? And Roseanne really has no one to blame but herself for for those actions, and I think she knows that. It's just all the other Nimrods out there that are coming to her defense, and it's like, dudes, I mean, what are you defending here? What are you so upset about? I mean, we're at the point right now where if someone says something racist, you're going to defend the racism now? Well, was it really that racist or whatever? Like, there's a gauge or some sort of gauge on racism and how racist something is and how it like. And same thing with the liberal side, too. I mean, the people coming out to defending Samantha B and saying, like, well, it's a comedy show, blah, blah. I mean, come on. Samantha B herself came out and said, I did wrong. That's all you – that's – it ends there. There's nothing to defend. She knows she did something wrong. She said something wrong. And I'm a fan of hers. I'm a fan of her show. I haven't watched the episode yet. I'll watch it this weekend. But uh, it doesn't matter. It, she came out and said, you know what? I did wrong. And that's where it should end, right there. 
Everyone should calm down. No more, no more commentary on anything. Everyone just should come, just report the news for a full month. The, the, the entire world needs just a, a reset, a reboot. We just need, we need time. Maybe take the summer off. Just take the summer off. I think I'm gonna quit Twitter. <sighs> you know, and we're in a nice space, I think, on Twitter. I maybe we're in our in our bubble a little bit, but you know, like we're you can avoid all that stuff. Like you. I I really I could easily avoid Roseanne and all that stuff because like there was no nobody was retweeting her thing uh, you know I don't know anyways stupid Twitter hmm. <sighs> all right enough of so what are you gonna watch next season then <laughs> oh something else I guess there'll be some other hmm. show I got a ton of stuff to watch ton oh you got murphy brown right that's right yeah i got murphy oh boy are they gonna have to be careful then and there's probably (laughs) gonna be some i I mean they're gonna be tackling issues in that on that show but that's they're gonna try to they got they got to sidestep a lot of stuff now and i think this is what happened the wrong thing i think this is what happens to to roseanne and um and samantha b and people like you know that get into these kind of situations i was watching uh, an interview with with uh norm mcdonald and first of all, he, was, he made a good point about how comedians attack Trump and how it's just it's low hanging fruit, and it's really, you know, bad comedians just seem to go for that low hanging fruit all the time. It's 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 reaching a point right now where the jokes are just not they're it's just so old and overdone that it's just not it's just not funny anymore. You know, it's just yeah. Still, we've it's, already got like a full term of jokes within the first like six months of his presidency. Yeah, so. it's 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 burning out. It's burning out. We get it. He's you know he's he's out there. He's wacky. He does stupid things. He's in a he's in a trade war with Canada right now. It's ridiculous. We're we're allies. We're friends. What are we doing here? What are you putting tariffs on steel for? You're, it's ridiculous. But anyways, um. But he says, like, uh, this happens to stand-up comedians, too, who only go and do their own shows. Like, they'll go to uh, comedy clubs, and that, and they're the headliner. And they'll, uh, they're, they're at these shows where people come to see their shows because they like the headliner. And that's their audience, and that's all they play to. And they kind of get this inflated sense of themselves because they think they're great because they're only interacting with people who are who think they're great you know and they don't interact with uh, people who will try to knock them down a peg like uh, for instance mm-hmm. musty hobbit on on this show uh, <laughs> just kidding musty keep the comments coming uh but they don't uh, go out of that bubble they don't step out of it and try to go on like a talk show where the star is the the, the star of the show and they have to win an audience over they don't practice that muscle enough you know and they just they they end up getting they they think they're greater than what they are and they think that they can say anything and that's where you have to kind of that's where social media is actually good where it kind of forces you to take a step back when you do cross that line it was an interesting observation that's the george lucas syndrome yeah totally making those prequels or michael jackson you know, he was to, like all these handlers around him. That that's all he interacted with, and he ended up. And Michael Jackson was great, man. Like you see him, uh, like as a musician. You know, I don't the little boys thing and all that stuff. I, I don't know what's going on there, but um, as a musician, you I you watch him interact with the musicians around him, and that he would surround himself with these really good musicians, and he could. A guy would like he, 
like he, I, I watched this uh, documentary on him called, I think it's called This Is It or This Is Us or something. I can't remember. Anyways, it was about him preparing for his last tour before he died, and he would be on, he would be on stage and he's talking to his musicians and he's got like this ex- excellent uh, keyboard player. Like the keyboard, like the you know camera shows the keyboard player doing all this fancy stuff and everything, going around pulling all these notes and everything like that. And uh, so they get into this session and everything. They start practicing with all the musicians and all that. And the keyboardist starts doing his stuff and he's doing blah blah blah. Michael Jackson stops and says, "Stop! Nope, nope, that's not right." And he points to the keyboardist. He's like, "I want you to not do it like this, but do it like this." And you're like, you're thinking to yourself, "What? The guy is amazing. He's doing all this crazy stuff. What's he doing?" So then the band starts up again and all that, and the keyboardist does exactly what Michael says, and you hear it, and it's, wow, that's an ear for music. Because what he did, what Michael Jackson made him change, what, it was perfect. It was just, and that's 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 amazing. I don't know, where did that come up on a Michael Jackson rant for? How did that happen? How did we get there? Derailing, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's move on. Blame uh, Roseanne. Ugh. I like um, our podcast. Now. I like your title, Roseanarchy. I think we're going to go with that. I think we're going to go with that. Nice. All right, let's get on to Glad some better stuff, some good news. The Intellivision is making a comeback. It's coming back, baby. Why? All right, let me tell you why this is a good thing. We had the Coleco Chameleon. Bad, mm-hmm. terrible idea because, well, maybe not a terrible idea, but just bad management. And now we got this Atari VCS thing. Just bad, bad management, I think. But this thing, the Intellivision, uh, making a comeback, I think is a good thing. And let me tell you why. So the person that they have uh, as president is Tommy Tellerico. And I've been watching Tommy Tellerico on television since the 90s. He was one of the co-hosts on Electric Playground with Victor Lucas. It was a show that was uh, made here in Canada. And Tommy Tellerico is one of those guys. He did a lot of music for a lot of video games. He did the music for Earthworm Jim. I think that was his most famous uh, uh, famous project. And he's done other numerous other projects. And he's the kind of guy it, that when I believe his first one was Color a Dinosaur. <laughs> really? Was it? I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll take your word for it. Um, Boop. Beep. Boop. Okay, you're That's joking, right? Dinosaur. You're joking, right? There's no music in Color no. Dinosaur? I think it's like sound effects or something. Oh, okay. I don't remember Color Dinosaur that much. I, I think I played it no, once for I believe that's video. true. I believe yeah? that's true. Okay. Anyways, uh, this is a guy, when he gets into something, he sees it all the way through. And he makes it a, a success. Oh, my God. That's a hard word for me to say. So he got into video game music. And he did some great stuff. People know his name from video game music, so he must have done that well. He does it, did it for about 15 years, then he moved on to television. Made Electric Playground a, a success. It was a great, you know, it was a hit in Canada. They had some uh, success on G4 in uh, in the states. And then he decided he didn't want to do that anymore, and he moved on to Video Games Live, and he was the creator of that. Huge success. Once again, everybody you know loves that thing. They go out and they see video games live, talk about how great of a show it is. I've never seen it myself, but that is the guy who is president of Intellivision right now, and he's a huge fan of Intellivision. Intellivision. He used to go on about it all the time on Electric Playground, 
and I know that he will see this thing through as uh, and he will make this thing a success. And it's all about management for me. Now, of course, we need a lot more information and everything like that uh, before you, you plop down any money for this thing. But a uh, few things that I like. First of all, the, the console is going to be under $200, which is nice. And he has a, a vision, a direction where he wants this console to be uh, kind of fill in the gap that the Wii had left. Now, the Wii came in and it brought in all these, for lack of a better term, casual gamers, but people who don't game uh, often. And Nintendo had all these, this huge audience in that, and they kind of just let them go. They didn't make enough content for the Wii to keep them sticking around. There's still a majority of people who bought the Wii only bought Wii Sports and didn't get anything else for it. Just played that thing. He is committed to keep content coming out for this thing. So there's not going to be any motion controls or anything, but the idea is to strip down the controls to the joystick and maybe one or two buttons on the controller. Because I know personally, I've, uh, I remember playing Monopoly on the PlayStation 2 and getting my dad. Oh. It, it, was, it was fun. It's a fun game. Monopoly. It's fun. Monopoly? It's fun. It's a fun. It's you don't not, have to set up the, the board. Point. You're supposed to sit down at a table you with don't, people and talk You don't have to relax. set up the board. It was all done for you. You don't have to do the math or anything like that. It was all done for you. It's good. Board games on video game consoles. So my dad, yeah. my dad, uh, I'm like, hey, dad, you want to you want to play uh, Monopoly? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll play this Monopoly game. So I hand him the PlayStation 2 controller, and he looks down at it and he puts it down. He's like, I'm not gonna. There's too many buttons. Like that, it's Monopoly. All you need is the the stick and this button here. Nope, didn't want to do it because the controller looked too complicated. And if you if you give it to someone who's never played video games before, I, I can understand that. You got all these sticks and buttons and everything. They don't really know what to do with it. So never got to play Monopoly with my dad on PlayStation 2. But that's it, you know. Anyways, um, so I could see that. I could see how... You know that that uh, stripping down the controller is yeah, a good but idea. Is that really relevant now, though? Okay, well here's the here's the because, game. Because I mean, uh, look look at us. We're we're hitting our forties here, and we and there's people you know a little older than us that started earlier in their fifties, and obviously they uh, have understood what games were way back then, and they've kind of followed the trend, and they understand. You know, they're not morons they can they can figure out xbox one controllers and all that yeah but a lot of people don't if want we're going to. back to like simple controllers is that really so off-putting to people now like yeah i okay think about this the majority of people that i know don't game they got they have no interest in gaming at all they don't game but they they do have access to other bits of technology yeah, maybe they don't like have the a phone. whole bunch of buttons and joysticks on them but they understand that there's different buttons that do different things, and you just learn, like, these keys do this. Yeah, but this people don't that. want to learn that stuff. They don't want to learn it. They see that controller, and they just – they don't – like, you're talking about people who are – they don't want to learn. They don't want to take the time to learn. This is something that's too complicated for them. They don't care about video games. They'd rather watch a movie or listen to music or do something else that's – or read or something that's less complicated to them. And that's that's the 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 gap that the Wii filled in. The Wii they saw people, you know, they saw grandma throwing, throw, you know, bowling, 
you know, just doing this, doing the one motion and bowling. And they said, oh, yeah, I could do that. That's easy. I don't have to spend a lot of time learning this. I could do that. And they went out and they bought a Wii. The proof is there. So this is so this is a console for like senior citizens. No, see, that's the other thing. Most people I know who are my age or younger because the Wii, Wii was like what, ten years ago, yes, twelve years ago, something right. like that. But so that audience is still a whole generation there. That, that's kind of like no, that audience up. is still out there. They're still out there. They bought a Wii and they haven't bought anything else since because uh, you know the games didn't um, they didn't show up on the Wii. Beyond, so uh, this is an impulse buy for non-gamers. Sure, if you want, if you want to go down <laughs> that route, sure, man, man, you're cynical, man. No positive. Well, I don't mind. Okay. I like old video games. I know, so I, I understand I it, but understand, we're in a minority. Is television really that big of a draw? You know, I no. don't. They want to make a console. Fine, I'm no. sure it could be a lot of fun. But in television, you know, compared to a big name like Nintendo. I'm sure there's a ton of uh, non-gamers that know what Nintendo is, but there's there's a bunch of gamers that have no idea what an Intellivision sure. or a ColecoVision are. Yeah, I agree, hundred hmm. percent. What's your point? <laughs> it was like um, they're making this console. Is it? It's you, you got something written here. There, I didn't watch your video. I, I clicked yeah, it's, on it's it. Too, I, it's I was like, long. oh. A minute forty-seven, great. Uh, oh no, it's an hour and forty-seven minutes. That's why I'm sitting I just threw that. it in there for reference. The interview itself is only forty minutes, and it's very informative, by the way. Oh, I'm sure it was. Uh, but uh, so old games, old and television games on this console. Okay, so the system. But it's, a, it's a new system where you're going to be buying more yes. modern games. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the so the the system will launch with all of the entire old Intellivision library if they can get the rights to all the games. They there's they have most of them, but they don't have like Masters of the Universe or um, the licensed stuff. Yeah, the licensed stuff, probably like Donkey Kong and stuff like that. That's going to be tricky to get. I don't know if they'll get that, um, but pretty much everything. You know, it's going to have at least a majority of the library at launch, and that's going to be given to. That's just you're going to get that just for buying the console. Then it will have. Um, it's not going. There's not going to be any cartridges. You're not going to be able to put your old, uh, Intellivision cartridges into the machine and play them. There's no point anyways because the games are on there anyways. But uh, it will have a shop. It will have a store, and he is going out and he's getting developers who have made, like, young developers who have made games on the phone and, and um, have made interesting stuff, but it's it's getting lost on the, the mobile market because, you know, there's just too many, there's too much stuff. It's like 10,000 games a week, I think, that comes out on Android. And they're finding these developers, and they're getting them to make games specifically for this console. And they'll be simple games with better graphics. It's not going to be, you know, the next-gen graphics. It's going to probably be more of your indie style 2D, maybe some 3D stuff, I don't know. Again, we need to know more information about this, but he's going to be getting those kind of people to come and make games specifically for it. So it's not going to be like the Ouya that just took phone por- like ports of phone games and put them on this console. So the idea and the appeal of this console is that it will be something you can hook up to a modern television, play these games on, and couch co-op will be the emphasis. There's going to be no online uh, play. 
You, the only thing the Wi-Fi is going to be for is for buying and downloading games and some leaderboards. So again, bringing back like you know hockey, simple hockey game, simple baseball game, a simple football game, simple simple games, couch co-op games. Uh, it's going to be a family-oriented console, just like uh, the Wii was. And I think that's a good vision. I think there is a huge market for that. I think that is a good idea. It's they're not going with this pie-in-the-sky retro focused thing that's going to be for a niche market they are going for that kind of audience and i i i think it's a good idea i think it's a good idea i think it's a good vision but i don't know that there's a huge market for this because they're they're right in that line between uh the nes classics those kind of things and the um you know those flashback machines and all that uh but you know, it's not going to appeal to your younger generation that have all their modern consoles because they're going to look at it and say, oh, the, these graphics aren't as good. These games are too simple. Uh, what, only two buttons on this? What is this, like grandpa's machine? <laughs> so they, they're not really going to be I don't so think I got to disagree with you. I, I got to disagree with you. If I had you're gonna, this. You're going to sell this to a Call of Duty player. No, but if I took this machine and I brought it over to my sister's place with my niece and nephew who love the Wii. They love the Wii. And if this was a, another system that had newer games on it, it's simple, it has only one direction pad or a joystick and maybe one or two buttons, we would have a blast with that. And I'm talking about a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I, I believe that would happen if you introduced it to them. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe this is something that they would on their own discover and, and want and say... Bring this over. Depends on how it's marketed. Uh, if they get if they get depends, a Mario, if they got the, I, I a Mario. I want it to be true. Scott. I want it yeah. to be true. I'm not knocking this. I do think it's a fun idea. Of course, I like the older games. I, I can totally sit down and if I had one of these things in front of me, I would I would rather play that than a lot of these uh, modern games that are out there. But I don't see this uh, selling nearly as quickly or uh, as much as the NES classics and stuff. That was all. Uh, name brand recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Was all, oh, it's Nintendo. Go get that. Yeah. So this might get lost somewhere in the middle with all those other clone consoles and other, you know, cheaply put together ones. So uh, I think, like you said, the marketing. If they do good marketing on it and they got a, a, a big name there uh, behind it, so all the best to them, but I, I think it's going to be a tough sell. They have um, – well, first – and there's some other points here that I haven't brought up yet that I like. First, they're taking their time. This thing won't be available this Christmas, and it won't be available next Christmas. It won't be out until tw- sometime in 2020. So they're taking their time to make games. Uh, it's going to have a sort of an old-school Nintendo seal of quality Tommy Tellerico is probably, he's probably selling it a little bit, but he's saying that every game on it will be at least a 7 out of 10 or higher. Uh, but there, it, there will be a quality check, unlike what you have on the mobile phones and that. So everything on there should be <laughs> up to snuff, which I like. And um, what was the other thing? Damn, I can't remember. I got a question for you. Yeah. Is there any crowdfunding Kickstarter oh, that's anything? the other thing. On this. If this thing is crowdfunded, if it is, if you see crowdfunding, 
head for the hills. If I see this crowdfunded, I'm that's an alarm bell going off in my head. As far as I know, it won't be. As far as I know, they have um, this this is like this Intellivision company. The the it's a real company. It's not that they bought the name from like the Coleco Chameleon where they just bought the name mm-hmm. ColecoVision. This is the actual Intellivision company. It's switched hands over the years. Uh, you know, different owners of it, but it's still the same Intellivision company from 40 years ago. And they still have, uh, they brought on a lot of the same developers that they had 40 years ago uh, on the Intellivision to come and work on this thing. They do have, they are working with distribution. So this will be a console that you can buy at Walmart, at Target, at Best Buy, if Best Buy is still around in 2020. At Amazon, you still will be able to get this. It's not going to be something you can buy it on their website, but it's not something that's going to be exclusive to their website. So that's another positive thing. Um, you know, I think that's the other like distribution is a problem with with all these con- these other consoles that have come out that have tried to do this kind of same thing. So I think that this is a, just different enough that it uh, it will has it have a chance, and it has a to me it has a much better vision than the Coleco Chameleon. Uh, ever did. I wish that thing never existed. I wish that thing was just because if that, I think it'd be a lot more uh, excitement for this because now we're all skeptical, right? We're all like, I don't know, like, the, how many times has this happened? You had that Coleco Chameleon, you had this this Atari VCS. They don't have any sort of prototype, any sort of uh, thing. like this. They're they're just the, for this in television right now. They're just in this soft boot stage. They're not asking people for any money or anything like that. They are. Just saying, this is the idea. This is what we'll have, and there'll be more information coming out. So, as far as I know, you can't put down any money for it, and I wouldn't put down any money for this thing if there is uh, a crowdfunding source. That, that would be definitely wait until the thing comes out, wait for the reviews. Because I don't, I don't trust that crowdfunding stuff at all. Uh, keep your fingers crossed. You don't want to get that uh, message down the lines like, oh, all these uh, original Intellivision games that are available at launch. Yeah, that's for uh, people who kickstart. I you don't care. Us 50 bucks in that's advance. A, that's a those. huge yeah. warning sign to me. I, I would not support it. Zero you support. You want the couch co-op? No, sure. no, no. Uh, that, that's going to cost you 75 bucks up front. I would not support it. Not support And I wouldn't recommend to anyone support it for uh, for a million dollars. For, for if the thing came out and they said oh, we're gonna have this thing, for, well maybe for ten bucks, ten bucks wouldn't uh, wouldn't be that much of a risk. But to put down somewhere between a hundred and two hundred bucks for a console that n- no thanks, no zero chance that that would get any sort of support for me, because there's no hmm. there's no guarantee that you're gonna get the system. You're giving them to well, you're donating it's your been money. The- the past 10 years or so, there have been all these different consoles coming out, people recreating, uh, you know, old retro things. How many clone consoles and things have you seen laying out there? Uh, that's People have been burned a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times they're really cheap, so people just give it a shot. But for this thing to come out under 200 so it could be like 180 bucks, something yep. like that, yep. that's a lot of money for yep. people that have already been burned on, on a few different other consoles. Yeah. So. But like I said, the, the reason why I bring this one up, I like the vision. I like uh, that they're taking their time with it. I like that so far there's no mention of crowdsourcing or anything. It will be available in stores. Uh, I trust Tommy Tellerico. This is a guy who, he, he, you know, he's not like that. He doesn't need to do this for money. That's the other thing. He's doing this is like a project of 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 love in a way. He's he grew up with the Intellivision, and he loved that console, 
and he, that's what he wants to do. That's that's he like I mean he's hugely successful in all his other endeavors. He doesn't really need to do this, and he's just it's yeah he's just doing this just for like why why not bring back uh, the bring more people into the the video game industry? You know, bring bring the people who normally don't buy video games. And I don't know, I like it. I, I'm very very positive on this right now. As soon as All I see the best to him. I hope it works out. Yeah. If I if I see Kickstarter, you're gone. Done. Don't support it. Okay. You can jump straight to Sega because I threw other stuff in there for filler. Uh, I I just wanted to mention though. Uh, I was not. I've never been a huge fan of the the original in television. Out of that series of consoles, that was like my least favorite. Like I remember. As a kid, playing the ColecoVision at my cousin's, I remember what games I played. You know, the time I remember my dad having a, he had to fix a ColecoVision for someone, and the guy had the racing wheel and all that. And I remember playing an entire weekend of Dukes of Hazard on the ColecoVision. I remember the Atari. Dukes. I remember going to a friend's camp and they had Atari, and we played Pac-Man and ET. Like I just, I have vivid memories of those consoles, and I remember playing the Intellivision back in the day, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. I, it just it, I never played one. I don't think I've ever seen one. It left zero impression of on me. I didn't I there was like nothing about like it just it just wasn't fun. It just didn't it wasn't fun. I didn't like During it. During that time I was playing DOS games. And then DOS in, in uh This is this is before DOS, man. For for me anyways. This is like Commodore oh, 64. Yeah, that's why I never saw it. Uh what else did I like and then, oh yeah, and then I got the Intellivision Lives collection on the Xbox, and uh, I went back and played some of those games. And I was like, yeah, I this, yeah, this was not my, <laughs> this was, I don't like this console. I don't, I don't like Intellivision. But uh, so I wouldn't be getting it for these original games, anyways. I'd be getting it for the new games. Uh, and Sarah and I, that's the other thing. Sarah and I are always looking for couch co-op games. This would be like if this thing, it does what it delivers, what it promises. And it will be couch co-op friendly, and it'll be simple games. I mean, this is, I, I, we spent so much time looking for co-op games that we can play together. And there's just nothing out there. We've, we've exhausted everything, I think. They, they don't... Yeah. So if this is a console that's designed just for that, I'm stoked. I'm ready. Have you tried those uh, thousands of thousands of games you got on your shelves there for the uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Genesis? Yeah, they're not... They're, they're too... Um, there's really nothing there. Like she doesn't really like the sports. Nothing games. there. No. <laughs> what do you have all that for? Well, like Contra, she won't play Contra. You know, she just looks at it. She's like, it's just it's too difficult for her, right? Those old school games, they're not. What's what's another good co-op game on the on those old systems? Um, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, she won't play that. Those those complicated platformers, she won't play. Complicated? Yeah, they're too. They're Pick up and jump. Yeah. She won't play him. Blades of Steel. Yeah, she won't play hockey. Zero chance. What kind of game does she want to play? She likes like um, what did we have a, um, a Borderlands. We had a lot of fun playing that. Uh, like Diablo and those kind of games. She's a, she's a PC gal. There you go. She likes those PC games. Yeah, well, I thought you were doing that. Aren't you playing uh like your GOG games and Steam games? Exhausted it. Exhausted it all. We got nothing left. All how many how many games are on Steam? They're done. We exhausted. And then a lot of those games outside of Diablo, like your um, oh, 
Hey, you what? just reminded me. Go ahead, keep talking. Um, like we play through Grim Dawn, but a lot of them, like Victor Vran and all that, they don't, even Titan Quest, they have co-op in them, but they don't, uh, they're not really designed for co-op. They're more designed for single player. So when the other person comes in, it doesn't save their progress. They have to, it's a lot of stupid things where they got to create a character every time they, they come into my game or something stupid like that. Or we have to play it on our own. It's just, it's just not designed for, for co-op. What are you looking at? Is this a, is this a segment where, where Vox searches the internet? I'm searching Steam right now. Uh, Sanctum of Slime still not available in my region. Good. I don't I don't want to play that. You, it's not. I, I didn't say it was for you. You can't play Sanctum of Slime online on the PC. Anyways, there's no online. I never said it was for you. Don't looking for me. Don't buy it. It's a bad me. game. It's a bad game. No, it's like a Diablo game. No, it is not. It is an awful game. It is Top a tw- down, twin shoot, stick shoot shooter. Things. It's awful. Yeah. No. You're not allowed to buy Looks that like game. Fun. No. Looks like fun. No. It's an awful game. You know why I bring it up? Le- tell me. Because this is episode 84, as in 1984. Oh. The so, year we got Ghostbusters. That's right. And Which uh, is why I'm still playing Ghostbusters on the 360. Didn't we get Almost Terminator done. in 1984? Didn't that come out? Uh, was that 84, 83? I don't remember. 84. Anyways, tell me about your Ghostbusters. How are you enjoying Ghostbusters, the video it's game? It's great. It's great. I'm playing it on Professional, and I had a couple of uh, tricky spots, but for the most part, the game, once you get all the upgrades, nice and easy, uh, you just got to, you know, sometimes you get swamped, which is kind of fun. Uh, some of those big ghost-busting areas where you got ghosts all around, you got mm-hmm. things crawling on the floor, you got to switch between your slime blower and your, your regular uh, proton stream. Yeah. It's really fun. So right now, I, I believe it's the end, right at the end of the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to open that big gate. Yep. And I think that's uh, when you get into the last part there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm right there. That's true. That game did, um, like a lot of games, they, they introduce new mechanics and new uh, weapons or whatever, and you hardly ever need to use them. But in that game, you constantly need to be switching between your slime blower, and then there's the one that's kind of like a shotgun for the enemies that come, the smaller ones that come the close to you. The blue one, yeah, yeah. I'll use that. But that freeze beam thing, that, you know, you use it once, like when you first get it. Yeah. But I haven't really had to use that. And that, that last one you get, I never use. Which one's the last one? I don't remember. It's the one where you can... The one trigger tags it, and then you just pull the other trigger, and all of your shots will go oh, yeah, yeah. to where you tag. Yeah, that one. You didn't. You don't use that one often. I use uh, that a lot. No, not really. Yeah. I prefer using the regular proton stream just because that looks like Ghostbusters. All right, what you're playing? But you're playing on professional, right? Yeah, like, that's the toughest. Set. I found that I could get away with the normal beam on the the lower difficulty settings. Like they could, you could just use that for. For the most part, but there were uh, enemies on the on that professional level that you had to keep. You had to use those other weapons, or you just you were going to get creamed. Like they were way, yeah, it was for, way more effective. Sometimes to use. the the little things that swarm you, you use the shotgun or mm-hmm. the slime blower on those, and you take them out. But yeah, mm. I like I like proton stream. All right, it's great. All right, yeah. have you finished Arrested Development season one yet? 
Did you watch that I did. Episode? I watched yeah. the last episode of that. It was great. Uh, and now I'm debating whether I should jump right into season two or give it a little time. So, I don't know. But yeah. it's great. It's, I, I, I've talked about it for a couple episodes now, so I'm not going to waste everybody's time. It's great. It's great. Watch it. Savor. Yeah, maybe maybe you should savor it a little bit before jumping right in. Just let, let this one sit a little. I mean, they do, it ends on like a cliffhanger where it's like, it's, it's just like any other episode yeah. where it's, you know, yeah. well, what's going to happen next? Yeah. So. All right. I like uh, it. Did you see that there's a new uh, Sega uh, Master System? No, Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis uh, collection out for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One? So a lot of tweets about that, and I didn't quite understand what the appeal was because I mean it's it's a bunch of great Sega games, but uh, they've already done that. Right. But uh, apparently this one, they they gave the people what they really wanted is the online multiplayer because mm. you couldn't do that with the like Sonic's Genesis collection and all that. Right. Well, over on Steam, as you may recall, I bought a bunch of um, uh, Genesis games on there. About the Genesis, where you go into the virtual room, and you can look Dirt around the cheap room. Too. Yeah, and you can pick up the uh, thing. It was like it was like you know, thirty cents for each game or whatever. And uh, I logged on Steam, and I got this little thing. I like, oh, guess what? Your uh, Sega Mega Drive collection, and everything is has been updated for free. So all those extra bonuses that you had to pay for on the console, I think the game cost 40 bucks or something, I got them for free on Steam. So go Steam, go PC. I got all the additional filters. I could play the games online. It's good times. So I was I was really happy to see that. I went and fired it up today, and I went in there. I was like, oh, this is cool. Free updates. Stuff for free is cool. Go that Sega. is awesome. That might actually make me buy that on Steam if I can get the online multiplayer. Yeah. I We could play cool. Streets of Rage, too. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I, I will awesome. be, I'm going to be paying attention during the next Steam sale. Yeah, they should be dirt cheap again. And I'm going to wish list that. I'm going to wish list it up. It's cool. You can go right in now. the room and... You could, it's got this virtual shelf and all that. So, PC wins yet again. And thank you, Sega, for doing that, for putting us on there for free. Unlike Nintendo, make you buy, you know, pay 100 bucks for a, a box, another plastic box to keep in your room to play 20 games on it. Here's all your Sega games on Steam with a nice update for free that you bought for 30 cents. Nice. Hey, um, speaking of Sega, yep. I, I totally skipped this. I just uh, saw it uh, recently. Uh, Do you know there's another House of the Dead game? I did not. Like a yeah. new one? House of the Dead Scarlet Dawn. Apparently, it's in the arcades in Japan now. Oh. Uh, I, I've never bothered to look for it, but uh, it's going to be going to, the, to uh, North America, and it's going to be hitting uh, the consoles and stuff, so... New House of the Dead game. How, how is it going to come with like a light gun or? I imagine so. Well, it's it's probably going to hit the the PS4 and the the Xbox One because it's supposed to come out this year, and this year is halfway over. So because it on the the House of the Dead games on the PS3 use the um the move the little stick with the 
ball on it. Yeah, right? the move. So if the, if it still uses the move, that would be cool, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what your new consoles do. All I know is I, I saw an announcement for it that it's coming, but apparently it's here, so I will go look for it next time I'm in an arcade type situation. Wait, you're going to look for the arcade machine? Yep. Okay. So is it going to come out on console in Japan? I guess so. Yeah. But you don't have any of the modern consoles to... But you got the arcades. All right. Well, that's I'll, cool. I'll go to the arcade. Yeah. That's what I want. Cool. Uh, we skipped your vermin note. What do you got about vermin? Oh, uh, I got a mouse in the house. Oh, I hate mice. No, They're... it's a good thing. No. It's a good thing. They're vermin. It's a good thing. They he will runs tear... up on the table and eats my turkeys. <laughs> they will, will tear your shit up if you don't nip no, that in the no, bud. No, no, they no, will. You won't. They are Monks. vermin. You gotta you get rid of them. Yes. No. Yes. He's in a cage. Oh, he's a pet. He's a pet. Yeah. Well, what are you calling vermin for? Uh, cause that's what mice are. <laughs> that's your pet then. Okay. Well, if he's in a cage, that's all right. But Box and vermin goes together. Cool but, Vs. But if he's uh, running around in your house, they, yeah, they will wreck your shit. Trust me. Oh, totally, totally. No, uh, my my mother-in-law, she works for this like processing place, farm or something, and basically they're pulling all this wheat. They go cut down the wheat and they bring it in, and they wash the wheat, and then they they process the wheat and. And they have to go through it and check for little animals and stuff. There's lots of like frogs and, and mice and stuff in there. Right. So uh, she she's got a soft heart for these things. Technically, at the the plant, when they find these things, they're supposed to dump them in a trash can or step on them or something. Yeah. Just get rid of them. Yeah. Um, but she's got a pond, so when she finds a lot of the frogs, she'll bring them and dump them in the pond, and they eat the mosquito eggs and everything. So it's kind of oh, good. Nice. Okay. Win-win. So they get to live, and we get fewer mosquitoes. But uh, once in a while, she's found mice in there, and she brought one home the other day, and the thing was bru- – uh, it was a mess because, uh, you know, they cut the, the wheat down with like one of those threshers. Mm-hmm. So the mouse was actually missing uh, two legs and part of its tail. Oh. So we're like, what do we get this mutilated mouse for? But <laughs> she, she felt bad for it, and, uh, you know – we decided, all right, let's put him in a cage. And uh, we've had him for a couple of days now, and he's actually doing really well. So is, is he missing um, his back legs or his front legs? He's missing, um, oh, what is it? I think his his left. I think he's missing, no, 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 it's his right. He's missing his right front and back foot oh. and uh, the tip of his tail. So sounds brutal, but the uh, little guy is a trooper, and uh, he's moving around. He's eating fine. He's, you know. Being a little mousy guy, twitching his nose and stuff. Did you I'll give post a, a picture. Did you give him a name? You know, I want to call him Stumpy. That's what I would say. Yes. <laughs> I want to call him Stumpy so bad, but I keep calling him Mousy. Oh, Stumpy's Every better. time I see him, I say, hey, Mousy. Hey, Mousy. <laughs> can change it. can clean up your cage, Mousy. Wow. I, I try calling him Stumpy. It's just not sticking. Hmm. Yeah, you got to go with what sticks. I've tried that before yeah. in the past, too. Name a pet something and it just doesn't stick the... The other name sticks. Yeah. Yeah. What you gonna do? Mm. Well, you're a good guy to take in that mouse. I get it's my kids have wanted a pet for a long time and we kept being like, ah, you know, I don't want the responsibility of doing that, yeah. cleaning up after a cat or a dog or something like that. Yeah. Little mouse in a cage, she's she's kinda self sufficient. Changes water, clean yeah. out the mouse poop. Yeah. 
Nice. Did you have to buy a mouse cage? Uh, you know, oh, it's a mouse cage, but it's a cage. He's in it. He can't get out. Did you build one? That's all the matter. Build one out of wood. Uh, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that so bad. I, <laughs> I, I want to build like a little, kind of like an ant farm, where like you can see, like have them go up levels and stuff. And yeah. Just watch them. Because time just is such a time flies. I'm, I'm just sitting there. I realized today I was staring at the cage for like 20 minutes. So I was on my way out the door, and I got the cage like close to the exit yeah so on the way i just stopped looking at him it's like oh i'm sitting here for 20 minutes just watching this mouse wiggle his nose and spin in circles nice yeah what do you feed him cheese i don't think you're supposed um, to feed him cheese. little like grains and stuff oh okay you bought real food yeah they gotta they gotta nibble to work those teeth down right mm. cool anyway that's my mouse fox's mouse all right well i guess that's all we got for this show yeah, um, I gotta watch some movies. We got that film dangle coming up. Me French too. Connection, yep. Bullet, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, car chases. Yeah, should be watching. Sounds like um, I know. I know we said we were gonna do like the the cop drama and the fedoras and things, but it sounds like that animation one may be the yeah. one right after this. I think so. That's Anim- all everyone's talking about. The animation hype is there. Mm. So what did we pick again? We had Iron Giant. Iron Giant, I think Titan A has got to be a lock because everyone's talking about that. And I still like the sound of Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead? Okay. I think those are our three. Are we going to have J-Rock on for that? He said something about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll Gibbler see. Gibbler wants in. We'll see. I don't know if we're going to have him in or if he's just going to show up unannounced in true Gibbler <laughs> fashion. Force his way in. Yeah. All right. That should be good times. All right, but the car chase episodes first and foremost. And then, uh, yeah, let's just wrap up this show. Follow Retro Twitter. Fandango on Twitter. Do you want to do it or do you want me yep. to do it? I'll do it. No, do it? no, we're, we're going to get rid of Twitter because it's nothing but trouble. Yes. And it's going to get our show yanked. Screw so. you, Twitter. Just no, comment Twitter. on the forums, on Dean's forums. Go, go to Dumpster. Um, D, D, Discord. Um, Discord. Yeah. Let all your trash there. Comment there because no one will ever see it. No one and cares. We will not be in any trouble. That's right. It's not a public platform over there. Uh, Fandango, iTunes ratings, give it to us. Do it on Stitcher or Google Play or Podbean or whatever. Whatever you listen to the show, give us a rating. A nice five-star rating because that helps other people discover the show and can listen to us go on about Roseanne and car chases and mice all that stuff and that's it that's, we got nothing else go to the forums because lately we've been getting it. a lot of comments so. yeah comments are good yeah it, it, it covers at least the first 20 minutes of the show so that's all yeah. yeah if you guys ever start asking questions again that'll give us a whole show oh my want to prepare anything yeah if you ask us questions that'd be crazy talk craziness all right. But who would do a thing like that? I don't know. Maybe people out there might ask us a question or two. We don't actually solicit for questions, so you need to kind of solicit. Yeah, say, ask us questions. And hear your name on the podcast. Yeah, people don't care about that anymore. Uh, it used to be a it used to, It used yeah. to sell so well. Yeah. Oh, I can uh, hear my name. Not no one cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've uh, okay. Drag this thing out. All right, goodbye, everybody. 
Goodbye.